from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4BB, VK4 Baker Baker with the National News for week commencing October 8, 2017. WIA Committee Revitalisation Project. The WIA Committee System Review is almost complete, with WIA Vice President David Ford, VK4MZ, taking the lead, but all directors are showing great interest in it. The committees perform functions and activities. However, a few may be loosely organised or volunteers on them overstretched at times. Mainly the leaders were last month asked simple questions to enable the WIA board to learn more about the committees. The aims are for them to report regularly to the WIA board, advertise vacancies and make greater use of the WIA mediums, including the website and this VK1WIA broadcast. So far, there have been responses from the Historical Archive Committee, Technical Advisory Committee, Education Committee and the newly appointed QSL Bureau Committee, plus the coordinators of Amateur Radio on the International Space Station and Amateur Radio Direction Finding. Inquiries have also been received, including those involved with awards and contests. The WIA seeks to complete its revitalisation of the committee restructure and, where identified, beef up the volunteer resources on them. Speaking of the QSL Bureau, vacancy on the Inwards VK8 QSL Bureau exists. The latest WIA volunteer advertisement is for the vacant Northern Territory Inwards QSL Manager position. The job description includes being responsible for the sorting of incoming QSL cards, dispatching of cards to Northern Territory radio amateurs and clubs, and do so under the WIA QSL guidelines. Applications will be advertised for this vacancy. Check out seek.com, the WIA website and Facebook. The Australian Amateur Radio Callbook 2018 and work is continuing on this, the annual WIA publication under editor Peter Freeman, VK3PF. The WIA board has approved the printing of it and that is expected before the end of the year. Now the real good news is there will be no cover price increase and it aims to be under 500 grams in weight to qualify for a special postage rate. WIA President Justin Giles Clark, VK7 Tango Whiskey, in his editorial reflects on amateur radio now and in the future. He's amazed by the diversity and speed at which this hobby changes, what is happening, the potential and likely regulatory changes. With a microwave exponent and dish antenna on the front cover, the A4 format of 170-odd pages has listings of radio amateur call signs, names and addresses and is a ready reference on many topics for the active radio shack. It can happen to anybody. You forget to renew your licence and it lapses. And when you ask the ACMA, they tell you that you'll need a WIA call sign recommendation first before you can make a new licence application. So how does this work? Although the ACMA sends licence renewal notices, that's not an obligation under the Radio Communications Act. The ACMA sends the notice as a courtesy, but if the renewal notice doesn't arrive for some reason, it's still your responsibility to renew on time. In fact, it's always the licensee's responsibility to ensure that a license is current. So check 
Do you know your license expiry date? And are your address details correct? What about your call sign? Well, your call sign needs to be protected too if you're attached to it. An allocated call sign indicates that you hold a valid license, but if your license lapses and is not renewed, your call sign is released and will be put on the WIA public list 60 days after the lapse date. So it becomes available for reallocation. After seven days, the WIA will issue a call sign recommendation to whoever wants it, with ballot provisions applying to a two-letter call sign in some states. So the message is, if you don't want to fight to get your call back, keep your licence current. Full information about the process and the forms needed can be found on the WIA website. Search for All About Call Signs and New Licence or Expired Licence or Reclaiming a Former Call Sign. The WIA website is at www.wia.org.au and the search box is your friend. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Hunter Valley, it's relayed on 146.775 MHz and 3.565 MHz at 9.30am and 7.30pm Sundays. On behalf of Westlake's Amateur Radio Club Incorporated, I'm Greg, VK2CW. International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. The BBC's new Korean language service is being aggressively targeted by North Korean jamming of its broadcasts. The service was launched on Monday and delivers a mixture of global news, sport and radio features to the whole of the Korean peninsula for a three-hour window that starts at midnight local time. Broadcasts are going out on two shortwave frequencies from Taiwan and Tashkent, while the hour-long segment from 1am is relayed on medium wave from Mongolia, according to a report on the 38 North website operated by the US Korea Institute at John Hopkins University. As to listening to foreign radio is illegal, the government makes a great effort to prevent people from doing so, the report states. At the most basic level, it modifies radio so they cannot be tuned to anything but state-run channels, although that can later be reverse-engineered. Frequencies are in this week's text edition, wia.org.au. IARU watching wireless charging technology. The International Amateur Radio Union continues to consider the issue of wireless power transfer as it prepares for the ITU World Radio Communications Conference in 2019. Agenda item 9.1.6 is about wireless power transmission for electric vehicles. It will consider the effect that this will have on radio communication services and through harmonised frequency ranges seeks to minimise any impact on existing services. WPT is promoted as being able to recharge the batteries of electric vehicles that are stationary or in motion without a direct electrical connection, energy being transferred using a wireless link. WPT systems are likely to use high power levels so they have the possibility of causing harmful interference to radio communications. Work has been underway at the ITU for some time and a report on it is available. Just Google ITU report applications of wireless power transmission via radio frequency beam. This report provides a lot of information on WPT systems and it is currently being revised to include material directly relevant to WRC19. 
FCC tells Apple to turn on iPhone's FM radio chip. Following the devastation of recent hurricanes, FCC Chairman Ajit Pai says Apple should step up to the plate and put American safety first. In the wake of three major hurricanes that have wiped out communications for millions of people over the past month, Pai has issued a statement urging Apple, one of the largest makers of cell phones in the US, to reconsider its position giving the devastation wrought by Hurricanes Harvey, Irma and Maria. FM radios that are already included in every phone could be used to access life-saving information during disasters, he said. The home of the good guys, the Colombian Ham Radio Association, LCRA, has recently alleged that a book it has on offer has been plagiarised and appeared on another website. Following representation, the LCRA has received an apology and the offending book has been replaced by the original. It recognises the hasty response from the Club de Radio Aficionados de Guatemala to make things right on its website for the goodwill of amateur radio. AMSAT pioneer Patrick J.A. Gowan, Golf 3 India Oscar Romeo, Silent Key. Pat Gowan, Golf 3 India Oscar Romeo of Norwich, Norfolk, passed away on August 17 after a long illness. He was aged 85. The amateur satellite world has lost one of its true pioneers. Pat was a co-founder of AMSAT UK and elected to the board of directors of AMSAT NA in 1974. He was also long-time satellite columnist of Practical Wireless, as well as a frequent contributor to the AMSAT Journal and Oscar News. He was the first to work 100 DXCC entities via satellite, all LEOs, and received Satellite DXCC number 4 when his QSL cards arrived. Fluent in Russian, Pat enjoyed conversing with the cosmonauts aboard Mir and ISS. More recently, Pat was the first to discover the rebirth of AMSAT Oscar 7 when its battery returned to life in sunlight. Weird and wonderful, tuning in a radio is a dying art. The BBC's David Stilitto asked people to tune a radio set to BBC Radio 1, but does anyone know how to tune a radio these days? While people growing up in the last century would have been familiar with using a radio set and tuning in a station, it's not something that's done much in the modern world. For the new generation born in this century, music is streamed via the internet to one of their devices. They have no need for radio sets and Ofcom UK statistics confirm a slump in radio set ownership amongst young people. These days, radio amateurs talking to the general public about tuning in a station may well get blank faces as people will have no idea what they're talking about. It's quite possible the only radio set young people will have encountered in their lifetime will be the one embedded in part of the entertainment console in their mother's car, never to be touched. The radio will have already been preset by the car dealer and is unlikely to ever be reset. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Ham Radio Operational News, it's a contact sport. I'm Felix VK for FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. 2017, 
Oceania Index Contest SSP October 7 8, CW October 14 15. FIS CW Contest October 28, Key to Success. November CQ WWDX CW Contest November 26 27. Running all year till December 31, Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. In 2018, and already three contest managers have supplied some dates. John Moore Memorial Field Day will be held over the weekend 17 18 March 2018 and will run from UTC 0100 hours on the Saturday until 0059 on the Sunday. IRUHF attempt to prevent on the 15 16 July. The 21st International Lighthouse and Lunchship Weekend is on August 18 19 2018. In New Zealand, friendly competition. In New Zealand, Hems getting ready for the two weekends of Pacific Islands DXing. As Jim Meacham ZL2BHF told our good friends at Amateur Radio Newsline. Hams in New Zealand consider the Oceania DX contest one of the easiest and most friendly competitions around. It's also one of the longest running ham radio contests. In fact, this event seems to deliver everything but the on-air contact itself. The competition heats up during the first two weekends in October, over two 24-hour periods, and all that's needed is 50 QSOs to qualify for a certificate. The weekend of October 7th and 8th will be reserved for phone. CW operators, they'll get their chance on October the 14th and the 15th. It's a tradition of Pacific Island contesting that dates back to the 1930s and organisers are encouraging New Zealand hams in particular to make this their first contest if they have yet to jump into the fray. There are new island activations in the contest this year. Both VK9XI and VK9CI will be on Christmas Island and Cocos Keeling Island respectively. There will also be a memorial plaque awarded for the first time this year in honour of Australian amateur Ken Jewell, VK3AKK, who became a silent key in May. According to the website, organisers in New Zealand and Australia have counted just fewer than 1,200 logs from last year's event, an increase of 70% over the previous year. So hope is high for this year's participation. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. FIST CW Contest for October The Key to Success event organised by FIST Dan Under is on Saturday the 28th of October and is open to all radio amateurs and shortwave listeners. The contest runs from 0800 hours to 10.30 hours UTC, meaning it starts at 7pm Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. For contest rules and other information, visit the FIST Dan Under website. 10 Power Memorial DX Challenge the July to September period of the Ted Power Memorial DX Challenge for 2017 has now closed, and entries are open until the 14th of October. The objective of the challenge is to work the most wanted DXCC entities based on their ranking club logs most wanted list, which is published on their contest website. All Australian amateurs are eligible to enter, and entering is easy. You don't need to be a serious DXer. If you worked any DX during July to September, head over to vk2au.org and submit an entry. The website is tidy and easy to understand. Scroll down to the Entry Submission section where you will find a number of simple ways to submit your entry. This is a fun and relaxed challenge where you work DX in your own time over a three-month period. It's easy and submitting an entry only takes a few minutes. The website again, vk2au.org Radio Electronics Association of Southern Tasmania, Inc. DMR back on air. 
Clayton led VK7WI News know last weekend that the DMR repeater VK7RCR in Hobart is back on the air on 4 through 8.525 MHz with a negative 5 MHz offset and is located in Leenar Valley. International Beacon Project Upgrade All five Northern California DX Foundation IAIU HF propagation beacons in IAIU Region 3 covering the Asia Pacific are being upgraded. The main part of the upgrade is the NCDXF 2.0 beacon controller based on the Arduino platform, making it easier to support and open for future enhancements. Already completing the upgrade are the VK6 RMB West Australia and 4S7B Sri Lanka, both now welcome reception reports. Walt Wilson, N6XG of the NCDXF, said the VR2ZRE Hong Kong was also on the air with a new antenna and meeting beacon performance expectations. In other progress, the JAR International Section Manager, Ken Yamamoto, JA1CJP, said permission had been gained for the upgrade, JA2IGY, and planning was underway. The ZL6B beacon is run by the NZART, with beacon coordinator Robert Lambert, ZL2BFY. Reporting had been running for the past two years, with known faults, but expected the replacement to be installed this year. All beacons transmit CW on 14.100, and 28.200. There are another 13 around the world in IAA Region 1 and Region 2. Finally this week, to commemorate Sputnik 1, special call sign R60SAT is on the air till Sunday the 8th. Further information including awards available, qrz.com. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Ham TV ground stations ready down under. The International Space Station Ham TV facility has again been used, and this time by astronaut Paolo Nespoli, IZ0JPA, who sent his greetings and congratulations for the European Researchers' Night. Gaston Bertels, ON4WF of RS Europe, says that the transmission was done with the ham video transmitter in the frame of video QSOs originated by Paolo. Ham TV usually needs a longer time with a series of ground stations whose vision can be seamlessly stitched together. Gaston ON4WF has advised that both Europe and Australia will be part of a future ham TV transmission. And quietly watching events have been the Australian operational ham TV ground stations of Martin VK6MJ, Tony VK5ZAI, Joe VK5EI and Shane VK4KAT. These four have been able to give ham TV signal reports, leading them to being seriously considered. Australian RS coordinator Shane Lynn, VK4KHZ, says that this is extremely encouraging news as Australian ground stations continue to experiment with different dish sizes, feeds and rotator systems. 
And all it needs now is a decision and a suitable pass for the International Space Station for Australia to be part of a ham TV transmission. Worldwide special interest groups, radio amateur young timers, Yota video shown at IARU. A video created by the RSGB was used by Don Beatty, President of IARU Region 1 at the IARU Conference in Landshut, to spark discussion about the future of amateur radio. Filmed at Yota 2017, five young radio amateurs from different countries explain what they think the future of amateur radio should look like. They're optimistic, enthusiastic and knowledgeable. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. Hello, I'm Paul, VK2GX, and in this short news item, I would like to offer a few hints and tips to help in achieving a successful Jota experience for everyone. Setting up and operating a Jota station can be a big commitment for one person. Consider seeking assistance from other local operators or radio club. Chambray on the Air should be a joint venture between guides, scouts and amateur radio. The leader's role is to organise the Jota activity and supervise the youth members. The radio operator's role is to set up and operate an amateur radio station, establish and maintain contacts with other Jota stations. Try to establish the number of youth members that will be attending during Jota as this will determine the resources you'll need for the Jota station. For more suggestions and tips, please visit Jota Australia website, jota.sgars.org. Until next time, 73 from Paul, VK2GX. And the next time Paul, VK2GX, joins us is when he brings together his group of scouts and guides for the WIA News presentation on the Jota weekend. Again, that's just two weeks away, Friday, October the 20th through Sunday, October the 22nd. And speaking of news services, now it's to Amateur Radio Newsline and Don Wilbanks. It's been a turbulent season of storms in some parts of the world, and you've heard our reports about natural disasters and ravaged communities. You've also heard how ham radio has consistently met those challenges. We offer you now a bit of reflection. One of the many, many amateurs to step in with communications assistance this season was Stan Hartz, KK4WCW, a member of North Carolina's Hampstead Hams Club. Stan joined the vast team of hams around his state connecting Puerto Rico's storm victims with worried relatives here in the U.S., Overcome with emotion after completing a successful contact on September 23rd, Stan decided to share his feelings on social media. And now, we've asked him to share that with you. Here's Stan. For the past five years, I've been into amateur radio. People sort of look at me like I'm crazy sometimes and ask me why I just don't use a cell phone. Puerto Rico has recently been devastated by Hurricane Maria, and there's no cellular phone system in operation. The Salvation Army is running what is known as a welfare net where persons in Puerto Rico can get a brief message from a family member there locally on paper and relay to an amateur radio operator in Puerto Rico to one on the U.S. mainland. Depending on a variety of conditions, some people hear certain signals better than others. Today, from that net, I took a message for a family with a 910 area code, the same as mine. I called to tell the person that their family and their home was okay. Other than a slight language barrier and the bit of confusion as to how I got the message, the man started to cry with joy. About 15 minutes later, his wife called me back and asked for better details on how I got the message. 
It seems her husband forgets some of his English when he's crying. Well, by that point, we were all crying. So for those who ask what my hobby is all about, this is it. The iPhone 10 won't reach Puerto Rico right now, but a 1990s vintage amateur radio on a 12-volt battery and a 100-foot wire antenna strung between two trees in my backyard will. This is KK Ford, WCW. Thank you, Stan, and thanks to every amateur who joined in these efforts everywhere. Stan's words speak for every radio operator doing his priceless work. Ham radio is all about connections, and in these trying circumstances, those connections also happen to be lifelines. Worldwide special interest groups, VHF and above, the plumber's delight. Working SSB simplex, VHF. Propagation is showing seasonal improvement signs on the bottom end of the two-metre bands in Victoria. Each Wednesday morning from around 7.50 local time, there are contacts on 144.1 MHz, and when things get a bit busy, the gang may move to 144.120 MHz. And on Wednesday evenings at 8.30pm, Rob VK3MQ and the Dandenong Rangers runs a VHF net on 144.150 MHz. With summer approaching, so should be the return of DX Beyond Victoria and Mount Gambier, South Australia. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Melbourne and metropolitan area and Victorian country areas, it can be heard on VK3RMM at 10.30am on Sunday morning. I'm Peter, VK3BFG. Rewind. Now let's rewind and a look back on our history. Sputnik, the first satellite. Sputnik 1 was launched by the then Soviet Union 60 years ago, creating an historical milestone and opening up space exploration. As a result of intensive work by research institutes and designing bureaus, the first artificial Earth satellite in the world has now been created. This first satellite was today successfully launched in the USSR. The Russian-language radio magazine published the proposed telemetry system and the intended downlink frequencies. The United States also revealed its intent to launch a satellite during the International Geophysical Year, but the USSR was first. When launched on October 4, 1957, four external antennas transmitted on 20.005 and 40.002 MHz at about 1 watt and were heard throughout the world, including those in Australia. Sputnik a 58-centimetre diameter polished metal sphere was seen from the Earth like a moving star as it travelled 29,000 kilometres an hour, taking 96.2 minutes for each Earth orbit. It had no stabilisation system and there were two aluminium casings that bolted together using a seal to create an airtight housing for the two transmitters plus a simple temperature and pressure sensing system. Scientists were able to garner information like the density of the upper atmosphere from its drag on the orbit and signal propagation that helped better understand the ionosphere. The signals lasted 21 days until the silver zinc batteries, two for the transmitters and the other for ventilation, ended on 26th of October. Due to orbit decay, it burnt up in the atmosphere on 4th of January 1958. 
and it's estimated that there are about 1,100 active satellites and more than twice that number that no longer work. Since Sputnik, a staggering 24,500 satellites have deorbited and the rest are still space junk in orbit. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Hi, this is Craig, VK3WAR, on behalf of the Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group. Join us on Sunday, October the 29th, for our annual ham fest at the Gary Cooper Pavilion in Yarra Glen. Doors open from 10am till 2pm. Entrance fee of $7 includes tea and coffee. For table bookings, phone Colin, VK3CNW, on 0423-535-988. Hope to see you there on Sunday, October the 29th. So that's the ham radio social scene for October. Looking ahead to November, November 5 in VK3, it's the BARG Hamvention at the Greyhound Racing Track Ballarat. November 12 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest, 8am. November 12 in VK3, Rosebud's annual celebration of all things amateur radio. And then, looking ahead to 2018, already three clubs have advised of dates. February 25 in VK2, it's the Wyong Field Day. March 25 in VK3, it's EMDRC's Hamfest at the Great Ryrie Primary School Heathmont. And May 4-7 in VK4, the Clareview Gathering between Rockhampton and Mackay. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.